Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and friends beyond the binary, and my patron peeps. For some reason, I really love using this uh, announcer voice. Now boarding, trained to patron dreamland, powered by the patrons. Good night. Uh, hey, are you up all night tossing, turning, mind racing, trouble, getting to sleep, trouble staying asleep? Well, welcome. This is Sleep With Me, the podcast that puts you to sleep. We do it a bedtime story. All you need to do is get in bed to turn out the lights and press play. I'm going to do the rest. What I'm going to attempt to do is create a safe place wherever where you can set aside. Sometimes I have to use my words more than once. Where you could set aside whatever's keeping you awake, whether that's thoughts on your mind or that you're thinking about from the past, the present, or the future. And, you know, the thoughts that are coming at you, like, like uh, or popping up, or rolling around... I do have a lot of thoughts that, that, you know, my dog, this is an unexplained behavior. I mean, it could be explained away. Say, well, her back itches maybe. But one dog behavior is like when a dog rolls around on its back. Uh, I don't know. Sometimes I think she just does it because she's in a good mood. She says, I'm in such good mood. I'm going to flip right over and roll around, wriggle around on my back. Not rolling. I'm wriggling, scoots. I'm so happy that uh, if you're happy and you know it, wriggle around on your back. Uh, also, it feels good. It's not just, it's not because I'm scratching an itch that isn't there because I'm scratching it. Uh, I'm scratching an itch on the inside. That's why I'm rolling around on my back. Also, aren't you introducing a podcast and not interpreting dog, but like uh, interpretive, interpret, interpret, Interpreting Interpretive Dog Dance. Uh, that's my next podcast. Also known as Projecting Meaning onto, uh, you know, imagining. So, whatever thought, I mean, I'll probably have some thoughts about that later. Thoughts, it could be feelings, it could be emotions coming up for you, uh, or physical sensations. It could be changes in your schedule, your routine. Maybe someone's in town. Maybe someone's out of town. Maybe the, I mean, humidity, changes in humidity. Holy moly. Sometimes there's even, you know, imagine, I say, well, it must be humidity that's uh, got me going now. Or not going. So whatever's keeping me awake, I'd like to take your mind off of that. The way I'm going to do it is I'm going to send my voice across the deep, dark night. I'm going to use lulling, soothing Eventually soothing, I'll say, creaky dulcet tones, uh, pointless meanders, superfluous tangents. Oh, I was going to say, creaky dulcet tones mean my voice is not perfect, not traditionally soothing. Like I'd say, you could classify every moment of the podcast under that. You'd say, well, how, okay, not traditionally soothing. Some would say not soothing at all. And I'd say, maybe you're right in some sense, uh, Comforting, maybe not soothing, but I'll use creaky dulcet tones, pointless meanders, superfluous tangents. I don't want to say ill-informed logic, illogical logic, though, lack of logic. 
all to take your mind off of stuff and keep you company while you fall asleep. That's really my goal is to take your mind off stuff so you can drift off. A few other things to know, though, if you're new, if you're a regular listener or you're new, I'm so glad you're here. Really, it's great to see you. Uh, I'm so happy to be here on a regular basis. This is the first, is this, yeah, this is the first intro I'm recording of the year. So that's why I'm saying that. I'm so glad I'm here with you in the future, but in the present, really, we're here together. So thank you. Thank you if this is your first time or your thousandth plus time. I appreciate it. But if you're new, I did want to tell you a couple of things to know. One is that most people, when they're new to the show, share some feelings. Sometimes it's skepticism. Sometimes it's doubt. Sometimes it's an uncomfortable, awkward feeling. So if you're feeling any of those things, those are that's normal. Because skepticism, because what do you mean this podcast is supposed to put me to sleep? That's one kind of skepticism. Or what do you, what's this, this dude's going to tell, when is he going to tell us, why is he going on and rambling and rambling? Why is his, his voice is creaky and dulcet. So those are normal reactions and like, I totally accept them. And, and I mean, I even accept the fact that, yeah, this podcast may not be your taste. Uh, you may not like me or the style of the show. And that's okay too. I'm still glad you're here for as long as you're going to be here. That's why I try to explain this. But so for most people, this podcast is something that takes a time to get used to, but it, do, it doesn't even work for everybody. So just kind of see how it goes. And this is not my thing. Most listeners say, hey, give it two or three tries. So that's a, that's a, to uh, kind of soften stuff. Uh, but also a couple other things to know. This is a podcast you don't really listen to. So that's kind of part of the method that we're already in the middle of is that this is a podcast you just barely pay attention to. It, it distracts some of the other parts of you, but it's not something where I tell you a bedtime story and I lead you on a journey and then you drift off or, or I kind of set the, like set them. I don't know. I mean, I kind of do that stuff, but it's more like you're watching somebody else on a journey that you're barely like a sailboat. Like when you're sitting, no, like you could watch a sailboat go from point point A to point B. Like if you had a view of the bay, and you say, "Oh boy, there's a lot of sailboats out there." I'm just going to watch this one for a little while. At some point, you you would either start to create a story, or maybe you're detail oriented, and you say, "Okay, I notice that mast," or you maybe know stuff about sailboats. I know nothing, or almost nothing. But it would be tough to pay attention to it for a couple hours because at some point you say, huh, this is getting a little bit, uh, I'm just barely paying attention to that one sailboat now. Now I'm looking at the bay, it's sparkling, I'm looking at those clouds, noticing those other boats. Uh, oh, wait a second, do I reckon, look at the windbreaker. That's a, I'd love a neon pink or neon green windbreaker. So, uh... What's my point? Oh, this is a podcast you barely pay attention to. I think I just gave you an example of why to barely pay attention to me. I could probably spend all day going on tangents about watching boats that don't need to be watched. So it's a podcast you barely listen to. Weird thing is, it's not really a podcast that puts you to sleep. I'm here to keep you company and you drift off. While while you fall asleep, I'm here to take your mind off stuff. That's why the shows are over an hour. 
is to put you, uh, give you some peace of mind and give you plenty of time. There's no pressure to fall asleep. And if you can't sleep or you wake up later, I'm going to be here. Like, I'm here to the very end of the episode trying to be barely engaging for, for the people that can't sleep at all or for the part of you that's asleep. I'm still entertaining what I call your brain bots, which we'll talk about in a minute. So it's a podcast you don't really listen to. It doesn't really put you to sleep either. You say, oh, boy, you're 0 for 2. And it well, no, and I said, you probably won't like me. So, okay, 0 for 3. Yeah, I'm uh, so let's, oh, structure of the show is the next thing that can throw new people off. But regular listeners know it serves a purpose. So show starts off with a greeting. Friends beyond the binary, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. That's so you can feel welcome. Then there's an intro. Uh, or no, then there's a listener supporter, listener support. Then there's business. Like, uh, so there's a listener support, sponsors, listener support. Uh, then the intro and the intro, it runs from, yeah, maybe like minute six or minute eight to minute 20 to 22. And, uh, it goes on and on and on and it introduces the podcast, but it also eases you into bedtime. So some, like some people, 3% of people skip the intro and they start the show somewhere between 20 and 22 minutes. And then a few thousand people listen to story only episodes on Patreon but the rest of the listeners, they're either getting ready for bed or they're doing some sort of wind down or comforting thing or they're in bed getting cozy. I mean, one th- I bet you there's one person out there making a cozy, maybe a tea cozy, maybe some other cozy as part of their bedtime routine. If, you, if you're doing that, you know, let us know about it. Because that would be cool. We'd say, okay, someone's make it, getting cozy, getting cozy, making a cozy, the Cozy Cast. Uh, I think I've had other podcasts named a Cozy Cast, but that would be one. The Cozy Cast, we're making cozies, we're getting cozy. Is there something, there's a tea cozy, that's a thing, right? I mean, that comes up every few years. But so, oh, so the, the, the intro goes on and on and on so that you can, the day can get a little bit further away which, with each passing moment. Then we'll do a, a be, then there's business. Then we'll do our uh, board game unboxing and look at a couple board games that I got recently. Recently for me, for you, you know, be a little bit in the distant past, but that's cool too. Because this is, you know, it's always it's always board game season. So that'll be the intro. Oh, then the bed, bedtime stories. Then thank you. So it's the structure of the show. The other things to know that are important is uh, the reason I make this show. I make the show for two reasons. One, because I've been there. Tossing, turning, mind racing, trouble getting to sleep, trouble staying asleep. Uh, I've, I've, had, I've had those. Uh, so I know how it feels. I know the frustration and how it feels in the deep, dark night. And I know it can feel lonely. So if I can keep you company or take your mind off stuff, that's my honor. The other thing is that you deserve a good night's sleep. That's what's important to me is that you get the sleep you need and you deserve so you could live your life. So your life could be a little bit more manageable, a little bit fuller. And if that happens, the world as a whole is going to be a better place. That's really the closest thing to a miracle I've ever experienced is hearing that and knowing it's true. They say, okay, if your life's a little bit better, the world I live in is a better place. Uh, and that's something that's easy to forget. It doesn't even have to do with the podcast, really. Uh, 
it's just a fact. Uh, a fact it's easy for me to forget. And that kind of leads into the other stuff of the brain bots. So that was a term I came up with at some point. And a brain bot is like a, like a, for me, what I picture, you can picture it. They look and there's so many different types of brain bots and they're beautiful in their varied uh, spectrum of existence. But a brain bot to me is some sort of a unifunction bot, bot short for robot or droid in, in this case uh, that I'm imagining most of the time. That only serves a unifunction. Like one, it has one function. A lot of times, there's a function from the past. Like uh, maybe somewhere, probably not a not a very glamorized brain bot would be like the wrinkled clothes brain bot. R- embarrassment from wrinkled clothes brain bot. And that thing's been in sleep mode, at least inside me, until about two seconds ago when it just woke up. It said, uh, "You could have used me." You haven't talked to me in 31 years. And I say, yeah, you're right. But the thing is, I don't need you at bedtime. I could have used you two hours before I go anywhere. Where are you? I say, well, that's not really my job. And I say, what do you mean it's not your job? You're the wrinkled, closed brain bot. You're, no, no, no. I'm the embarrassment and shame from wrinkled, closed brain bot. You're looking for some brain bot that was never made. The don't wear wrinkled, let me, proactive, we don't, we don't, we're not proactive, sorry about that. No, no problem, that's what I was trying to explain to the listeners, I'm not here to judge you, I was just a surprise, I guess I was judging you a little bit, because they just said, if I had some sort of bot that said, hey, you're going somewhere in three hours, what are you wearing, and are your clothes ironed, Uh, that would mean... Yeah, that would, that's not real. Yeah, you're right. That's a different person than me. You're right about that. I was true. But so, so this clothes, can I just call you Ironbot? Wow. Yeah, Ironbot. I like that. So, Ironbot is like one of these parts of us that uh, doesn't get, probably doesn't get used, you know, probably could, could probably, uh, could be glamorized in some way, especially now that you're Ironbot, uh, it's got to be tough being Ironbot because Ironbot only gets called into action, you know, when at, at bedtime for some strange reason. And according to some mysterious algorithm, you say, "What? Remember when you didn't? Why, why didn't you iron your clothes today?" Or, well, "Man, you would have got a date for that if you had ironed your shirt when you went." And I said, "You're probably right." Uh, so. It's so nice to meet you, Ironbot. I'm almost distra- I'm more distracted by you and wanting to interact with you. But I was trying to explain to the new listeners what a brainbot is. So, and now that you're here, it's kind of hard for me to explain it. So I have to explain it in a very subtextual, in- indirect way. If you catch my drift, listeners. So go- the glorious brainbots like Ironbot here. They have important jobs, and they believe their job is very important. Critical mission, wouldn't you say, Ironbot? It is a critical mission, yeah. Get bringing up those feelings for you about ironed clothes. That's the only thing I know how to do. Yeah, that's really the only thing they know how to do, but it's important to them because it's their mission. It's your mission, right? A mission-driven scooter. And, and my mission is to make you, uh, you know, feel feelings about the times your clothes weren't ironed. Right, and that's really important to you, huh? I guess so, because it's the only job I have.
maybe I could give you another job. Uh, how about what if I give you a job? I don't. I, I've 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 talked about this on the podcast before, and this is a live experiment, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, friends beyond the binary. We've never attempted this before. Ironbot, because you're iron. You know, one of the things I tell listeners is like to bring a little bit of silliness to bedtime. And one of the things I tell people, like, there's like kissing your elbow, kissing your shoulders, cupping your elbows, dipping your elbows in milk. You don't do that in bed, though. But I'm thinking for you, what if I give you a new mission instead of embarrassment about ironed clo- unironed clothes? At bedtime, I give you the mission of reminding me to kiss my biceps, uh, and with a sense of sa- like a sense of satisfaction, an overall sense of satisfaction. That has nothing to do with biceps or exercise, but just the fact that self kissing, you know, just a peck. I'm not I'm not talking about making out with my biceps or leaving you know leaving anything behind, except for you know a sweet you know touch of dew from my lips. Uh, but what do you think about that? You could be in charge of me kissing my bed. Like, instead of reminding me about iron clothes, you say, have you kissed your biceps? Have I told you lately, biceps, that I love you with this kiss? Maybe we even sing that song. You, you, you're speechless, Iron Bot. I, li- I, liked, I would love to do that. Okay. Well, may, well, hold on. Let me try it. Let's try it right to you. So let's, ki- let's kiss our bicep and tell it we love it. Wow, that's soft. Soft, but like iron, you'd say. Like, it's, oh boy, like if people are imagining my biceps, it's like a, a, a piece of iron. Oh, I was thinking more like a, a cotton ball. Okay, well, let's not quibble. Great job, Iron Bot. So that was, that's new. That's never happened before. Thanks, Iron Bot. I'll see you later at actual bedtime. So that's never happened before where we've worked with a brain bot. But, but you see, you know, brain bots are like those little things that come up at bedtime. I think we, and I'm here to kind of take, you see how I can work with them. And they love listening to my stories. So I guess that was my main point that I was trying to get to that I never did. So I think that's it. I'm glad you're here. I work really hard. I yearn and I strive. Uh, and I want to help you fall asleep. Thanks again for coming by. And here's a couple ways I'm able to be here for you twice a week. Uh, right, everybody, it's a Scooter here. It's time to do a board game unboxing. This will be the first, I don't know if this is the first time we've ever done a board game unboxing of games, a game I've already played. Uh, but this is like, uh, this one will be, it might be even two games I've played. And, uh, the reason is because this is like January, 2021. I got this game as a holiday gift. And, uh, of course, I wanted to play it on the holidays, uh, so, but I said, well, this is still interesting. So, and uh, this one I haven't played very much yet, and so we'll go through it just like an uh, unboxing of a regular board game. It'll just have a little bit less uh, wondering, wow, wow, wondering how do you play this game. But it starts off at the top, it says, Hot Taco Presents, there's... Uh, it's kind of like one of those at the very top. Okay, so it's a bot. Oh, you're right. Slow it down, Scoots. So it comes in one of these uh, prototypical at this point, uh, card, smaller cardboard game boxes about the size of uh, DVDs. I mean, thicker than that, but that type of rectangle or a video game, you know, Xbox, PlayStation game. 
but probably like an inch and a half thick. And the box is uh, b- black, matte black, but it has, of course, stuff all over it. So it's not just a matte black box. In fact, as I was saying, at the top of the front of the box, there's one, two, three, four, five red stars at the very top, and then three vertical lines. And then it says Hot Taco Presents, then another vertical lines, and then five red stars. Kind of like you'd see at the, I don't know, like top, like at the set of Top Gun. And then it says Taco vs. Burrito. And behind it is a black and gray, uh, uh, I don't know, like lines going towards the middle, kind of like you'd see in an optical illusion or something. It's very subtle in the background. And then Taco, it says Taco versus Burrito. But Taco versus Burrito is written in big font, like with a shadow font behind it. Kind of has some, it's white with the black borders and also some black, like, makes it look like it just came off a printer effect or a stamp. It, it then in between, with verses on the left and the right, on the left side is a taco and on the right side is a burrito. And this is not exactly like the, the pictures are not a West Coast taco or burrito. Not, this isn't a values judgment, but just in case anybody on the West Coast is looking at it. You might say, my goodness, I've never seen, like, a a taco or burrito. But they're personalized. So the the taco's on the left. The taco has eyes and a smile, closed mouth kind of smile, eyebrows. And inside the the, the taco is uh, lettuce, tomato, something else, cheese and lettuce again, maybe. And the taco has its hands up, and it has arms and feet, arms and legs as well, and feet and hands and gloves. It's about to do a patty cake game, so it has winter mittens on to play patty cake with the burrito, who's on the right side. The taco is horizontal, where the burrito's vertical, which would make sense. If the taco was vertical, everything would spill out. It's a hard taco. Which already, because, I mean, there are, you can get hard tacos or crispy tacos on the West Coast. And, I mean, of course, you can at Taco Bell. And those are the tacos I ate as a youth, but they're just different than, but anyway, it's not important. But, uh, so, then on the right side is the burrito. The burrito uh, has eyes. burrito's mouth is open. It's, like, moving its tongue as it's thinking and prepping for patty cake. So, in some sense, just a quick thing, the burrito kind of looks more like a sporty, and the taco looks more witty, just by their mouth, uh, what is that called? Expression. The burrito looks like it has like a green tomato in it, and then maybe some cheese. We can't see any other ingredients. Then underneath that, it says the card game. That's also within the Top Gun style uh, decoration, so five stars and three lines. And then it says, The battle to build the weirdest, wildest meal is on. Ages seven plus, two to four players. This is written in red. Approximately three minutes to learn, 15 minutes to play. Then on all four sides of the box, it says Taco vs. Burrito with a star on either end. Red star, white print that looks like it was stamped. 
And then on the back side, it says taco versus burrito. The back of the box is a, like a red. But it says taco versus burrito. And then it has a, the ta- a taco with an exclamation point. This taco definitely has tomatoes, lettuce, and cheese. Oh, and either ground beef or refried beans. And then it has some cards poking out. And then quoting from the back, it says, In this surprisingly strategic game, players compete to build the weirdest, wildest uh, meal to win the game. Sounds simple, right? Uh, Not so fast. Give your opponent tummy aches to reduce the value of the meal. Use Trash Panda, Crafty Crow, and Food Fight to gain the cards you need to win. Block opponents with no bueno. But beware of Health Inspector and Order Envy. They are real game changers. Once player one player is out of cards, the game is instantly over. And then it has more cards, and it says one game of five ways to play. It includes 24 food cards, 32 action cards, four quick start cards, four tacos and burritos, and one rule sheet. It says, for more details and gameplay videos, visit tacovburrito.com. Created by Alex Butler and Leslie Pearson, 2018 Hot Taco. So that's the box. Now, the first thing you notice when uh, you open the box are these envelopes, uh, which are made to hold your cards. It says taco on one side and burrito on the other side. And I think this is like they just hold the cards that you're making either you're deciding whether you're going to make a taco or burrito. And that's just for fun. Like, I don't think it's strategically impact stuff. I definitely have it. I guess maybe you lie it down. We We were having trouble. But we were also playing on a couch, so... But it says taco versus burrito. Then there's the cards. Now... Let's read the rules after we do the cards. But the funny thing is I might not even remember how to play, even though I played this game about five days ago. So the backs of the cards say Taco Taco vs. Burrito in the same uh, font as the cover of the box. And then it has the same black and gray uh, background with all the lines. Infinity lines? I don't know what you call it. Okay, so the first card is plus two. It's a food card. It's a bread with M-O-L-D on there. And the bread, It's a. there's a picture of bread, and it's saying, oh, no. I mean, it's not actually saying that. It just looks like it. And it's a food card placed in a burrito or taco to increase the value of the meal. So we can, I guess, assume that it adds two point, plus two to your value. But I can't remember anything else. Oh, Choco Cake, uh, food card, place in a, but would you have this in a taco burrito? Place in a taco burrito. That's also a plus two. It looks a little bit like a, a uh, is that a ding dong or a zig, ding dong? Um, it has uh, it's chocolate shavings, chocolate syrup dripping off it, then two pieces of chocolate cake, and then some marshmallow or cream in the center. Kind of has two eyes and a mouth, too. Nothing made out of coal, though. Um, uh, what is this? What were these? Uh, I forgot the name of this group. Uh, the Descendants? Is that who it was? Uh, that uh, one pe- pe- people dressed in an eyeball suit? Uh, 
So someone in an eyeball suit, they also have flippers on. That's plus three and food card. Uh, salsa with an extra ingredient, plus one. And uh, there's a bowl. It's like a wooden bowl of salsa and the bowl's waving. And yeah, the bowl has two eyes, two legs, two feet, and two eyes and a mouth, uh, plus one. Uh, Super Fun Burger, plus one. Some of these, like, are meant to really make you laugh or say, what? And getting changed for the podcast. It's a food card, plus one. Uh, A thinker, that's plus three. Uh... Uh, I'm trying to think of the word in Spanish. Uh, not cabeza, but uh, anyway, uh, fresh fresh thinkers. Uh, that's plus three food cards. So that's a big point. Plus three, eh? Uh, gummy bears, plus two. And uh, let's see, how many gummy bears are on the card? There's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20 gummy bears, it looks like. And there's red, which I'd assume is fruit punch. Then there's green, which is normally either green apple or lime. Pink, interestingly enough. I guess it would be pink lemonade or strawberry. Orange, which is usually orange. Then it kind of... uh, a turquoise, uh, which is always interesting when you have artificial flavors. You say turquoise. Usually turquoise they save for a pretty good flavor, like electric blue, you know, blue ice. Uh, it could be, it's usually not like something so simple as blue, like blue something. Then there's purple, which could be grape, or it could be some sort of purple punch. Oh, and then there's a light orange, like an amber which could be like a honey, or it could be a lemon. You know, it's a little bit, it's more of a sunset color than a yellow. So that's that one. Okay, next one is in our first uh, non-positive card. Negative three, tummy ache. Uh, place this card in a player's taco or burrito to decrease the value of their meal. And it's pink, and it shows a young child... Uh, this is, yeah, I don't feel so good. And they're holding their tummy and it has a pink background too. Uh, then there's another tummy ache right after that. that. This one's only negative one. So you can get tummy aches at different levels, clearly. Kind of remember that part. No bueno. So this must be an action card. It's a turquoise to aquamarine it says no bueno and kind of like it has it in writing and then in like a comic book type uh a thing even with an electric uh explanation explanation point block any action from another player at any time during the game if played after another no no bueno it becomes a c bueno and blocks the block uh so we definitely had some no bueno showdowns Oh, another no bueno. So these must cards must not have been shuffled. There must have been a no bueno showdown when we played. Uh, Order Envy. This is green, and it shows kind of a person in a green hat. And they kind of look like they're about to start frowning. And it says Order Envy. Green. I guess they're green with envy. Switch meals and hands with any player at the table by switching seats. The person to your left goes next. 
So this one, I do remember one time holding on to this one till the last, or the second to the last move. Um, and I think making sure maybe I even had a no bueno, or maybe I knew all the no buenos routes. And I think that sealed a victory for me. I was able to change seats with the person who, uh, you know, had the best hand. So there's that card. Uh, our old friend Broccoli. So this is like an older, p- p- smiling Broccoli, plus one. Fried Grasshopper, plus one. Uh, pretty. I mean, that's pretty straightforward. Mustache, hair from a mustache or mustache, uh, and it has a monocle, plus three. That's worth a lot of money, though. I mean, a lot of points. Chocolate-covered shrimp, that's plus three as well. Looks more like a prawn to me, but uh, I guess it's a shrimp. Uh, I don't know. Is there any difference? A fish head. <laughs> the fish is saying, I need some body. Roly-poly fish heads. Uh, place in uh, taco burrito, plus three. That's I mean, that's where you get the big money. Uh, lettuce uh, that's uh, seen better days. This shows the lettuce. Its eyes are closed. It's sleeping. It has its various shades of green, yellow, and brown. That's plus one. Slimy, slimy liver. I've been called a slimy liver before. Only plus one for that. Uh, trash panda. So this is a good card. It allows you to go through the trash pile or like the discard pile and place one card in your hand. Take one card, place it in your hand. And the panda's dancing. Looks very happy. Oh, another trash panda right after that. Uh, then a no bueno card. A negative two tummy ache. A negative two tummy ache, a no bueno. So we could add it. We guess we had some tummy aches versus no buenos. Crafty crow. This one is a crow looking around. And it says, take one card from another player's taco burrito, put it in your taco burrito. So I guess you're going to go with a plus three, another trash panda. Uh, food fight. So this has a pair of French fries uh, with its mouth open and its eyes open wide. Orange background. Each player. Oh, this is fun. Each player flips one card from the draw pile. The player with the highest value food card wins and keeps any one card from the flipped cards. Tie. Repeat till there's a winner. Shuffle the other cards back in the draw pile. So it's kind of random, but then when you play that, at least you get a chance to win some cards. Trash, another trash panda. A negative three tummy ache, a food fight, a crafty crow. We may be at the end of the line. Oh, no, here's a new one. This one's, uh, this is, oh, this reminds me of the other game, uh, Mewing Kittens. Uh, health inspector, play immediately. Discard all the contents of your taco and burrito and end your turn. So that one stinks if you get it. At least it doesn't totally end the game. Uh, milk, uh, after the famous date on its label, plus one. Um, bowl of something that rhymes with rice. Uh, 
That's plus three. Ice cream, plus two. Ice to meet you. Uh, so, and the ice cream's sticking its tongue out. It's kind of a green, a winter green color. I don't know, blue-green. Uh, watermelon, plus two. The watermelon is kind of saying cheers because uh, its arms are above its head. It's a, a slice of watermelon smiling. Uh, then another health inspector, so that's not the card you want to get. Uh, food fights. Food fights, uh, Crafty Crow, No Bueno, another No Bueno, Order Envy. So it must have gone Order Envy, No Bueno, No Bueno. So that meant that the Order Envy went through Crafty Crow, negative three tummy ache. Uh, oh, hot yogurt. And the yogurt's saying it's getting hot in here. And that one's worth plus three. Salty Lollipop. Uh, that might not be bad. Uh, plus two, a negative two tummy ache, a negative one tummy ache. Uh, plus one, uh, hot kombucha. That's plus one. Don't know, that would really soak a taco, though. Cotton candy, plus two. It's two cotton candies, a red and or a pink and a blue or turquoise. When they're side by side, they both have eyes. They look like they could be a team. Uh, sushi passed its prime, and it's a sushi waving hello. Uh, a cute little piece of sushi. Uh, hot sauce boss. This is X2. So this one, when played in your taco burrito, it doubles the value of your meal, the complete value. So that's powerful. Then another hot sauce boss, X2. So those are powerful if you have those. And then adorable marshmallows. It's good to be mellow. The marshmallows are pink. There's one on top of one another, like they're a family, and that's worth plus two. Okay, now let's read through the instructions. They have instructions on uh, in, uh, other languages other than English, which is nice. And that's all at Taco V Burrito slash rules. Uh, the goal to build the weirdest, wildest, most valuable meal. So you, when you play, and I'll try to paraphrase from this, you uh, choose your choose taco or burrito, but it doesn't affect how the game is played. Shuffle the deck and deal each player five cards. Each player starts the game with five cards. There isn't a minimum or maximum number of cards you can have in your hand. Uh, then make a draw pile with the amazing rest of the cards face down. Next, leave a space next to the draw pile for the trash pile. Uh, check for health inspectors. Everyone checks to make sure they don't have a health inspector. If you do, shuffle it back in the deck and take a new card. Uh, decides who goes first. Because the creator was seven when he created the game, we suggest the youngest player goes first and then move clockwise. Uh, how to play. On your turn, draw a card, play a card. So ingredients can be placed in any taco or burrito, any, so, you know, with a tummy ache, to increase the value of a meal. Tummy aches can be placed in any to reduce the value. Hot sauce boss can be placed in any to double the value of a meal. If you have two hot sauce bosses in your meal, your meal is multiplied by four. 
and action cards have a variety of effects. Hot tip, you can play ingredients, tummy aches, and hot sauce bosses in any meal, not just your own. This continues till all the cards in the draw pile are gone. Uh, how to win. When all the cards in the draw pile are gone, continue playing, but skip the draw part of your turn. Don't reshuffle the trash pile. When one player is out of cards, the game is instantly over. Important, you cannot block the last card played. Okay, so that's how I won was the last card played by me was uh, that. So, so no one can block that, whatever it's called, card. Player with the most valuable meal wins at the end of the game wins. Uh, so you tally up your points, you know, and figure that out. Easy, not so fast, though, they say. Because you have the action part, you put cards, you know, the health inspector, no bueno. No bueno can be played at any time except if you get a health inspector. Can I no bueno the last card in the game? Nope. Uh, when you no bueno a card, what happens to the card? Goes in the trash pile. Crafty Crow, you get to take it. Trash Panda. Can I trash panda a health inspector? Yes, uh, so if you had, if you have a bunch of tummy aches, you could trash panda a health inspector and throw your meal in the trash. Can I trash panda a trash panda? You can, but only twice in a game. Can I discard a trash panda? Yes, you can discard any card, but that move counts as your turn. Food fight, we went over that, uh... Order Envy, you could swap things. What happens if the Order Envy play, player plays Order Envy as the last card? Play they, I followed that tip right away. Can I discard it? Yes, you can. Oh, then there's more ways to play. And they're coming out with expansion. Oh, they had one expansion pack, and they were supposed to come out with another one. But then there's also on the back page is the legend of King Taco. When he was just seven, Alex, a.k.a. King Taco, announced he was going to create a game called Tacos vs. Burritos. After months of dreaming up weird foods and wild actions, his dream became a reality one magical Taco Tuesday. Even today, King Taco rules the Hot Taco Empire, cooking up new game ideas and the expansion packs. Unless he has to go to school that day. Uh, thanks for uh, purchasing Taco vs. Burrito and supporting this young entrepreneur. Team Taco and Team Burrito. So that's that game. It was a fun. That was a, we had fun playing it. It's a fast game, which is nice. Um, maybe I'll have more to report on it, but I have another game here, so I might as well keep it going. This is another game I've played a few more times, but it's a pretty. Uh, it's a game I'm not always in a hurry to play because it's very involved. But I think this game is actually really fun. I, I think it's just like, it, it, now I'm thinking about it, I did have a lot of fun playing it. It's called Beat That! Exclamation Point. It's a bonkers battle of wacky challenges. And I can imagine for like when people start getting together in bigger groups, this would be a really fun game with kids and adults. Kids might just get a little too excited and it has a pop-in box. It's in a bigger box. It's not a traditional, it's a rectangular cube. I don't even know what you call that, but uh, 
it's a it's a bigger box because it had this game has a lot more stuff in it. It's less it's a it's a card game, activity based card game. And it's wacky. The cover is wild uh, in a good way. So on the front cover it says it is very surreal. Uh, and it has, like I said, pop in colors. Uh, so it says beat that, the bonkers game of wacky challenges. And there's a lot of predominant colors on the cover. There's orange, there's a cayenne or blue or cyan. There's a lighter uh Yellowish orange, yellow, uh, white, uh, pink, red, and green, and like this. So there's like this weird sky that's like a orangish yellow sky with cool clouds. There's a whale in the sky flying. I think it's a. I don't know what type of whale it is, but. Uh, it, uh, the whales like has a spout going that's orange. Then there's like an orangish sea with, uh, what are those called in them? The things with hourglasses, blue and green hourglass, like blue hourglasses with green sand or white sand that's tinged to green because of the color. And they're up in the sea. Then we have land, like rolling hills, which are blue, covered in blue grass. And then we have competitors like stretching or getting ready. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Seven on the front of the box. Uh, three have already won. But in the background above beat that, there's like a, a person doing two competitions. There's also daisies popping up. Uh, there's a woman stretching. There's another character singing and holding a cup. Uh, and then there's another character kind of running and, and doing something. And then we have first, second, and third place. Uh, first place uh, is, is someone with a metal, uh, second, and blue hair. Then second place has purple hair and is giving a thumb. Maybe it's a thumbs up or a hang ten side. Both these characters have blue fingernails, blue shorts, pink shoes. I guess all the characters are have like uh, pink and white wristbands, uh, blue tube socks or white tube socks with blue stripes, pink shoes, blue shorts, and then white white uh, competition shirts. There's even a uh, a lake, an orange lake. There's a cactus, and then on the sides of the boxes are more characters doing more competitions. Uh, and then the back, it says, beat that uh, bonkers game of wacky challenges. It shows four cards, 160 challenges, four categories. But we'll get to that. Uh, limber up and prepare to bounce, flip, stack, hop, roll, blow, balance, and catapult your way to victory in this wacky party game. Collect as many points as possible by betting on your ability to complete challenges. All players attempt to, to the exact same challenges, so get ready for the ultimate abilities. Uh, great for adults and kids alike. A funny party game, belly busting laughter. And this is how to play. Pick a challenge, read it. Players place their bets. Don't worry, it's not real gambling. It's just like points gambling. For All players attempt the challenge. Players bank their points. And you're also not betting against, you're betting on yourself, not against other players.
Uh, find out who's earned bragging rights after 10 rounds. And so it comes with 160 challenge cards, 80 betting tokens, 10 cups, 5 balls, 4 dice, chopsticks, memo pad, tape measure, timer, uh, hourglass timer, and game rules. All right, so when you open it up, uh, the first thing you notice is, wow, this comes with a lot of stuff. And it has like a foam insert uh, to hold everything. And one foam insert are solo-style cups uh, that are orange that say beat that on there. They're a little bit different than a, I don't know, I don't have a solo cup, but uh, they, they they may, they're, I don't think they're like 16-ounce solo cups, Uh so they may be, you know, made for the game. Inside the cup uh, is uh, four light blue ping pong balls. Oh, no, scratch that, five. There may even be six, and we may be missing one. But uh, And those are light blue. And they've held up pretty well. Like, I'm surprised. I was expecting them to be already dented, but uh, they're not. Okay, and then it comes with the instructions. It has, uh, like, a little slot for the chopsticks, which are green plastic chopsticks. It has, uh, what is oh, like an insert for the timer, for the tape measure, for a pad, like a, what do you call that pad? Stick'em pad? What do you call those things? Post-it pad, uh, the cards, and then the dice and the coins, comes with five orange dice, and then in the coins, it comes with one coin, like a dollar coin, five dollar, and three dollar, or three-point coins, um, one-point coins, and five-point coins. So we'll run through the rules first on this one, because it'd be, it'd be fun. There's a lot. We won't be able to get through all the competition cards anyway, but it'd be fun to ponder. Uh, this one in the like instead of guessing since I played it before. Okay, so it's a really simple instructions. There's only three pages, and it definitely was like oh, okay. At first, I didn't understand the uh, betting stuff, uh, and after playing it, for, I, I probably played it five or six times. I said, oh, okay, the betting system is pretty good. And it doesn't introduce this idea of like guessing, like guessing your abilities and being wrong or right. But you're also trying to see like what other coins that other people have left. Uh, so getting started, beat it. It's a wacky challenge game. Ten rounds. Before attempting each challenge, players place a bet on how likely they are to complete the challenge by selecting a token which reflects their confidence. All players then attempt the same challenge. The players with the most points uh, wins. There's four kinds of categories. Solo, where you attempt it on your own. Battle Royale, where everybody competes against each other. Buddy Up, where you work co cooperatively with a partner. Or Duel, where you go head-to-head. -head. And you can deal out more tokens if you want a longer game. But the betting tokens, you start with ten tokens... Uh, one token can be bet by each player per challenge. Once a token is bet, it can't be used again. Blue is one point, orange is three points, yellow is five. So how to play? Clear the table of clutter. You're going to need space. Yeah, because you need a lot of space for this game. Place the challenge cards in the center. Give each player five blue, three orange, and two yellow. 
Then roll the dice to see who goes first. The person with the highest number picks a challenge from the pile, reads it aloud to the rest of the players. And then four, each player must bet one of their tokens on how confident they are in their own ability to complete the challenge or their team's ability for buddy up. So if you think you got it, you know, bet five. Uh, if it's a long shot, bet one. Once all the bets are placed, you go clockwise in turns to attempt the challenge, starting with the player who picked the card. Players who complete the challenge move their token to a safe bank, uh, quote-unquote, for the points they've won. Players who don't put their token in the box. Uh, the next player then picks a new challenge card, repeat into above until 10 challenges have been completed. Player who banks the most points wins. In the event of a draw, play on using solo challenges until there's a winner. Uh, rules. All players must place their bets at the same time. Uh, tokens which have been banked or discarded can't be used. For buddy up and dual challenges, go around clockwise, picking partners until all players have been selected once. Place bets once all partners have been chosen. For buddy up and dual challenges, if there's an odd number of players, then the player without a partner or an opponent must still place their bet, but they get to watch and then pick who they want to go against or work with. The player repeating the challenge wins or loses their token based on the outcome of the second go. So you can definitely use that strategically too. Uh, just I noticed, uh, so someone bet five and someone bets one, and the person with the five didn't complete it on the first go, you definitely don't want to give them a second chance to win five, obviously, in my opinion. So a lot of times I would just pick the person, if it's a duel, I'll pick the person that had bet one. Even if I think I can beat them, because, I mean, sometimes I guess it's say, well, it's a lock. Well, because it doesn't matter what you, you don't win their five anyway. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know. That's just one strategic thing I noticed. Uh, uh, for buddy-up challenges, players do not have to bet the same value as their partner. There's always a nitpicker who will try to reinterpret a challenge to their advantage. Play fair. Uh, people's abilities greatly vary, so free, feel free to adapt the challenges to suit the skill level of your group. And show us your skills. We'd love to see you playing. Uh, so tag them, you can win a free print-and-play expansion pack. This is by Gutter Games Limited. Okay, so now I have the challenge cards. And there's a big stack of them, but we'll just go through them. On the back of the card, it says, Beat That! Exclamation point, Bakker's Game of Wacky Challenges. And then it has different of the cartoony characters from the box doing doing competitions. And the first one is Solo. The first one I said, this is actually, they, each of the cards have a number. This is a number 59. High dive. Uh, place a cup on the floor. Grab another three cups. You have 30 seconds to drop the cups one at a time from waist height so that they land in a stack on the floor. So you hold the cup at your waist and you just got to drop it from your waist to a cup on the floor so it lands on there. So from your waist, I don't know, like if, if I, since not seeing it, I definitely wouldn't bet five. I would either bet three or one, depending on where we were at, at the game. 
Because I don't know. I haven't seen a solo cup drop. If it drops uh, rim first, then you're going to be fine. It'll be easy. But I got a feeling it's not going to be easy. Okay, the next one is a solo, number 23. Tender touch. Close your eyes and get another player to pass you two dice. You have 30 seconds to feel for the dot and place both dice, both dice on the table with the sixes facing up. Uh, I would definitely bet six for the or five for this. Uh, it seems pretty easy. It doesn't mean it is easy. But like you get definitely what you're betting with five, uh, you got to guess at what you think. Like you got to trust your gut and say, okay, I'm going to go for it because some of them are really not easy. So I would say already, so we're two challenges in. Let's say the first one, we'd be in pretty good shape for this one. Let's just say we completed both. So we have six now. We're doing great. Uh, so this is the next one, Battle Royale. Roll a dice and pass it to the next player. Then they roll. And if they roll the same number as the previous player, they're out. Continue clockwise till there's only one winner. So I just bet one for this because it's like uh, not under your control. And let's say we lose. So we still have six, but we didn't win that one. Well, that's too bad. This one has two people throwing paper airplanes on the back of it. Yankee Doodle. Okay, using three cups and two challenge cards, create a tower as shown, which I'll explain to you. This is solo. You have three attempts to yank the cards out of the tower at the same time so that the cups stack neatly. I definitely bet this one won. So it's a solo cup with the, the open end down, then a, car, then a playing card, then a solo cup on top of the playing card with its open end down, then a playing card, then another solo cup with the open end down. So you've got to pull out the two solo cups, uh, I mean the two cards at the same time, so all three cups drop into that they're nesting in one another. And I would say we didn't get that. So we still have six, uh, which is pretty good. Six is pretty good out of four. And we bet three of our ones, right? I don't know how many ones we had. We have ten total. Oh, we have five ones. So we have two ones left, uh, one five. So we're in good shape. Okay, this one's called Slappy Bounce. You have three attempts to bounce an air... Bounce a ball in the air 10 consecutive times using a challenge card. Uh, I'll bet three for this one. So you got to take a, a 10, a, 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 what do you call that thing? A ping pong ball. And bounce it 10 times in a row on a card. But you have three chances. And I, I think I did this one and it's not easy. But it's possible. So I bet three. Part of me wishes we bet five, but we already bet three. And we completed it. So now what do we have? Nine. So we're pretty close to, I'm not trying to brag, but we could see, like, uh, from my experience, if you break 10, you're you're going to win. And that was five, right? Okay. Spinny Ninny. This is solo. 
using one hand to spin a cup on a chopstick, with the other hand throw a ball in the air and catch it three times while the cup remains spinning. You have one attempt. I'm betting one. This is really hard. So you have to spin a cup on a on a chopstick in one hand and then throw a ball and catch it three times with your other hand. I, I mean, I, some people may be able to do that easy. I don't think I can. Also, I forgot what I was going to, what we were going to score. I forgot my score, but that's fine. Okay, this one's called Sports Star. So sometimes there's word games. So this one says, going clockwise, take it in turns to name types of sports. Uh, players who duplicate or hesitate for more than three seconds are out. Play until there's only one winner. So I'd bet three on this just because there's a chance. Uh, this could be tough, but it could also, it's really, uh, at least it's not based on coordination, which is not my strong suit. So you're just basically going, at first it would go fast, like tennis, soccer, football, badminton, racquetball, shove, then I would have got out right there because I, I was trying to think of that ice game, ice hockey, you could say, running, dancing, uh, long jump. So you just got to keep going. So I don't know if we, I think we lost that one because I messed it up. Sorry. Shaky stacker stand. This is a buddy up. So stand six feet apart. So you're working as a team. One player holds five balls. Their whole, their other player, their partner holds five cups in one hand. Throw balls into the stack. Once a ball goes in, stack the cup with the ball below it in the bottom cup. Uh, continue throwing and stacking until the balls go in. You have 30 seconds to get all five balls in. So you basically get a ball in, then you put a cup on top of the ball. It's not that shaky, I don't think. So I, I, I don't know if I had a five left, I would bet it. Otherwise, I'd bet a three. Because uh, 30 seconds, this isn't easy, but it's doable. And you could see how it could be fun. Whippersnapper. Place three cups in a triangle on the table with a dice in each. Stand two feet away. Cradle a ball in your top. Uh, so cradle a ball in your sh- the, the end of your skirt or shirt is what they mean. You have 30 seconds uh, to whip your shirt. Uh, they say top. So I don't know if this is a UK game. So your ball fires out and lands in a cup. It can bounce in. That one, this is a doable one, too. Two feet away, you should be able to get a ball from your shirt into the, from your shirt, the front of your shirt into a cup. I wouldn't bet five, though. I think I'm out of fives anyway. Okay, next one. Logger's Leap. Uh, Place two cups with a gap between them. Bounce a ball over the first cup, so it bounces between both cups before landing in the second cup. You have 30 seconds. These ones are either impossible or super easy, so I bet one because it's like uh, you never know how the ball is going to bounce. And then if you're going to catch, like uh, I've seen it play both ways when we've had ones like this where everybody gets it in one or two turns and then other ones where it's impossible. Top hat. So these are. This is a good one. This is the laughing one. I mean, I haven't done this one, but it's a battle royale. All players stand and balance a cup upside down on their head. Players must try and blow 
their opponent's cup off while trying to protect their own cup. Uh, the last player with a cup on their head wins. No hands allowed. So this could be fun. It could probably, you know, some people might end up unhappy about it. I would still bet one, though. Unless you're like seven feet tall, then I would bet five. Uh, Wheel of Fortune. Place a cup face down on a table. Place Balance a chopstick on the top. Spin the chopstick 365, 360 degrees without it falling off. You have five attempts. No, I bet one. That, that sounds really hard. So you have an upside-down solo cup, and you have to spin the chopstick without it falling off. At least for me, that seems not possible. On the noggin solo, stand with your feet firmly on the floor. Throw a ball high up in the air, bounce it off your hair, and then catch it without moving your feet. One attempt. You only get one attempt, though. I'd bet three. Because it's not that hard, but it could be, it's not easy either. So you can see this being fun. Uh, Ultimate Ninja. Oh, this is like the Ricky J. So place a cup on the edge of the table. I did this one, I could not complete it. Place a cup on the edge of the table, at least three feet away. Hold five cards. Throw the cards at the cup one at a time and knock the cup off the table. I don't think I could throw very many cards flat and then. The ones that I did didn't hit the cup. Rapid bounce. Line three cups up and grab three balls. You have 30 seconds to bounce one ball into each cup consecutively. If you miss, you must start again at the beginning. I think I did this one, but this one isn't easy either. Uh, 30 seconds can either be long or short. Uh, and that also depends on if there's something behind the balls. That's another thing. Like... Uh, if you're playing with a wall behind you or you take turns kind of being a uh, ball person, it's different than if you could lose it in a room and it could go under the couch. And those are kind of rules to discuss and build consensus with before, you know, you start playing. Oh, this is named after Edward Scissorhands. I did complete this one, but I think I only bet one. Edward Cuphands. Place a cup over each hand. You have 30 seconds to stack four dice on top of each other using only your cup hands. Here's a free advice. Use the very edges of the cup. And don't do it like in a picture. Like, uh, do it your own way and you'll figure it out. Uh, prepare for landing. Uh, create a circle on the floor using a tape measure. You have 30 seconds to create a paper plane. These are fun. So you have 30 seconds to make a paper plane, an airplane. Then you have three attempts to throw the plane into the circle from six feet away. I couldn't do that. I, I thought I did a pretty good plane, but I couldn't get in the circle. Okay, a couple more. Uh, staggeringly hard. This is solo. Place three cups facing up on the table. Uh, you have 30 seconds to stack the three cups on top of each other using only your elbows. So you have to have one card. The first cup has to be face down. So it starts face up. You already have to do that face down. Then you have to place another cup butt to butt or bottom to bottom and then face to face. So this one is really hard. So it looks like a lava lamp in the end. That's uh, 
And plus, it's going to end up with... I wouldn't even... I'd skip that card because I don't want the cups getting ruined. Foodie. So this one's a word game. Uh, choose a letter below. Going clockwise, taking turns to name foods beginning with the letter. Players who duplicate or hesitate for more than three seconds are out. Restart with a new letter and play until there is one winner. So there's a bunch of letters listed. So it says T, taco. And then I already paused, so. But you could say tuna. Uh, ti- oh, and then they said taco again. Oh, sorry, you're out. Okay. I'm playing by myself, though. Okay, it's just maths, bro. So then you say it is a UK game because they're calling it maths. So scatter four dice on the table. Using multiplication, calculate the highest number. This is a duel using each number once. Uh, that one first to shout out the correct number wins. That would not be my game. I would lose for sure. Okay, here's another word game. Uh, very similar. Take the first letter. Uh, but it's celebrities. Uh, so it's a list of letters. Uh, so you'd say M, Marilyn Monroe. And Mac, Bernie Mac, who's that count? Then you'd probably argue. And they say Matthew McConaughey. You don't have to use the, you just have to use the M. You don't have to start with another letter, I don't think. Okay. Balls to telepathy. Buddy up. Uh, place a ball, on, a cup and a ball on a table. Using one chopstick per player, you have 30 seconds to transfer the ball into the cup uh, without the ball touching your hands. So that could be fun. It could, you know, with your buddy. You're both trying to get the ball between your chopsticks and get it in the cup. Okay, two more. So all bounce, no blink. Uh, line up the three cups and the three balls. Uh, you have 30 seconds to bounce all three balls into the cups without blinking using your non-dominant hand. Oh, boy. That could be, for me, it's easier because of my right hand, but not blinking. That's going to be tough. So, uh, yeah. Okay, last one. Leapfrog. Line four cups up. You have 30 seconds to bounce the ball over the first three cups so it lands in the last cup. So at this point, you'll know. Like, see, the bouncing games, at least after you play it for a little while, you get an idea for a feel of the table or the floor or something. But basically, before we go, so you say, Scoots, I got to have the details of how we play this to win. I say, okay, for the taco burrito one, I don't know. Uh, unless you get that one card, then try to hold it to the end of the game. Otherwise, just do your best and have fun. And for this game, too, just try to have fun. Uh, but I will say betting is like a big part of it because uh, and keeping an eye on other people's score uh, and it really comes down to kind of your gut of like those three and fives, uh, like don't use up all your ones at the beginning of the game. Like you're going to have to, at some point in the first three or four cards, risk a three or five. It just so you have a couple ones left when it's something, you know, you're not going to be able to complete. Cause there's ones that are like balance ones, like, uh, we're having to like throw ball and balance on one foot. And it's like, okay, there's no chance of me getting that done like the spinning of the chopstick. So definitely, like, think about it might take one or two games to kind of get your betting strategy down and get an idea of the other players. Uh, 
Because then also seeing with the other players like that are close to you, like sometimes there'll be games where you're in close com- you're in close competition with one person and one or two people are out of the game. So then you just got to kind of pay attention to like what, what coins does the other person you're competing with have left? Like, do they have a lot of ones then you're, you're like, or are they making up ground? Like you went through your fives and your threes already. And you're going to even want to add up like, okay, they have 10 possible points left. I only have six possible points left. So I'm really going to have to like, like, uh, you know, like, I don't know. The, 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 again, it's hard to tell, but mostly it's supposed to be fun. I mean, or, and to play to win, of course, or to try to win. So I don't know. So those are two games I got for the holidays that are unboxed, uh, And I hope you enjoy them. Good night.